Hello, and welcome to Geek Between the Lines, the podcast that explores compelling themes in some of our favorite geeky properties. I'm Brittany. And I'm Chris. And this week, we're going to be discussing Harry Potter through the lens of ignorance. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess to start us off, we're going to start with a quote that we chose. This quote is from, it's said by Albus Dumbledore in chapter 35 of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Ooh, by chapter. By chapter, yeah. Um, (laughs) Or I guess you could argue this is said by what may be Albus Dumbledore. True. um, uh, As they're in the King's Cross of, of Harry's mindscape. That which Voldemort does not value, he takes no trouble to comprehend. Of house elves and children's tales, of love, loyalty, and innocence, Voldemort knows and understands nothing. Yeah, he doesn't understand anything. That's true. And, and so when we were looking for a quote for this theme, for me, this one kind of, when I, when I kind of came across it in my search, I, it was interesting because I never thought of the idea of, you know, Voldemort's ignorance being one of his weaknesses. I, I think that pride I could see and things like that was the way or I was hatred. looking at it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But the ignorance of like a children's story, you mm-hmm. know, for, of the Hallows and things like that, I thought was, it never really like was clear in my mind as, as an, uh, integral part of of the themes of the plot but that's a pretty strong quote and i i think too it's oftentimes just what you don't care about there's this willingness about it because i think in our day and age at least in the country we live in it is so easy to get information mm-hmm. it is so easy to i mean especially for living in urban areas to meet other types of people and everything and Oftentimes we don't just because we don't care enough. Yeah, that's true. I think also, of course, we deal with the surplus of information where sometimes Mm -hmm. it's hard to narrow down the important information. But I think we also spend a lot of time looking at the more frivolous information sometimes. Or only the information that already agrees with what we think. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. People like to stay in their bubbles for sure. And Voldemort definitely has a bubble. What? Yeah. (laughs) He's a a bubblicious man. He... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's very very clear in his ideas of what he understands what he knows and and who he surrounds himself with yeah and uh and i definitely don't see him ever being challenged you know uh his his knowledge or his understandings of things being mm-hmm. challenged and when it is he doesn't take it well like at the <laughs> end of book seven so yeah um well i guess i'm up first this week yep so on I'm gonna, top of plot, the topic of plot. On the topic of plot, yes. So when I thought about plot, of course, there's a lot of plot things here, but I, I kind of went for a very wide one here of the ideas of the ignorance between the wizarding world and the muggle world. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think it's really interesting and telling how, you know, the muggle, the muggle world's innocence of, of wizards, especially in the early books, is kind of played off as like, as... As something that's just because it, it's supposed to be secret, you know, it's magical. It's part of the magic is that it's secret, mm-hmm. you know. But as you go through the books, you really see that this is an ignorance that's built by the wizard community. Because for me, I feel like who does that ignorance benefit? It benefits wizards, mm-hmm. you know. It doesn't benefit the muggles. And then especially when you look at this in comparison to the ignorance of muggle culture by wizards. Yeah, for sure. That's a chosen ignorance, you mm-hmm. know? That's not forced on them in any way. And it's honestly to the detriment of wizards, you know? They they don't know how to use so many 
things that would be helpful to them. You know, they don't know how to use the postage system and things like that. And <laughs> they don't have electricity. Yeah, exactly. And like, obviously, magic is much more powerful than electricity is. Mm-hmm. But what if you're a squib? You know, like yeah. that is an ignorance that is in some ways forced on you because culturally it's it's looked down upon to know mm-hmm. or understand about muggles. Or even if you're you're not a squib, but you're not a very talented witch or wizard mm-hmm. and you can't create candles out of thin air and i think it also works to further exclude muggle-born wizards and witches mm-hmm. because they are so other that their understandings of the world are, are, are purposefully not only misunderstood but uncared for in the way that you were talking about earlier where that knowledge mm-hmm. that you don't care about and that can be really like frustrating you know like that could it reminds me of cultures here who have to deal with appropriation and you know Mm -hmm. the or or jokes about them and if the mainstream culture cares so little about your life and the way that you live that life that it's a joke to them it can be yeah that can be hurtful and that could be really uh really marginalizing Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I just, I, this idea of like this ignorance and the way that this ignorance plays out, it also just for me seems like a way to, to show that even the lowest quote unquote, like classes of wizards still are so, they're so ch- like purposefully ignorant of muggles that like, it's a way for them to hold themselves in higher esteem. And even if they're not consciously doing it, I think that being that uh that dismissive of a group of people who's frankly the majority is mm-hmm. that is pretty pretty harsh you know and that's a pretty uh a pretty damaging thing to do and i can imagine in w- with an idea that we are such a small minority mm-hmm. what would happen if this overwhelming majority knew about us sure there's there's magic and different spells and different things that you can do. But at the same time, if there's enough people who find you, they could probably destroy you mm-hmm. regardless. And so you could see that there might be some type of fear or something kind of causing that desire for separation. Mm-hmm. Not to not to say that it's right, but then when you look at the, the other way of if you're magical you could really help a lot of muggles Mm -hmm. like if you just went around to war zones and mended people's injuries or you know all sorts of things there are different types of like grow bones back Mm -hmm. or different medicines and potions and things that they could use all over the world in any community and they're not yeah and, and on your point of that, that fear, which I think is absolutely a valid fear, but I think that, that that for me does make me understand the idea of that forced ignorance they're imposing on muggles. But I think that if that's what their fear is, a greater understanding of muggles can only help them. Mm-hmm. And, and understanding muggles and being able to actually engage that community, I think, because they do, you know, they have cars, they have... You know, they go to London for Diagon Alley. Like, they have Mm -hmm. trains. Like, they're using muggle things. And they're engaged in muggle culture in some ways just because it is the massive, the majority culture. But I think that it's it's definitely 
something that uh, that they're only hurting themselves in doing. Well, but I don't I don't think that they're only hurting themselves. I think they're potentially causing harm to others. Too. Right. I meant only hurting themselves as in they're not helping themselves. Got right. It. They're only hurting in that sense. Mm. But you're right. They are only hurting themselves and hurting other people. So, yeah. Yeah. But I think that's maybe one of the things is that they actually don't know enough about muggle life to even know if they would be helpful. Mm-hmm. I mean, the majority of wizards out there. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my plot. Yay. Yay. That was your plot? That was my plot. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I came up with it. It was pretty great. Oh, yeah. Me and JK were, were chatting when <laughs> I was eight years old, and I was like, mm-hmm. you know what would be really cool? Mm-hmm. Magic. Yeah, that sounds really feasible. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. I just call her Joe, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways... <laughs> For my section, I'm looking at a character. Mm -hmm. And obviously there's, again, so many characters that we could choose. But I decided to go with Ron. Mm. Ron Weasley. Now I just hear that. (laughs) Ron Weasley! Exactly. That's exactly what I hear in my mind. Um, Because I think that his ignorance is on several levels. Mm. But I think he is the character that has an ignorance that is actually has the most growth hmm. in, in regard to his ignorance. So I think, like, obviously it's 100% clear that he has a ridiculous ignorance of muggles themselves. Mm-hmm. And considering that his dad works for, what is it? Misuse the misuse of, of muggle, muggle artifacts. artifacts. Yeah. And, and even just on his own time has an incredible fascination with them. It's just like, okay he's purposefully not learning about these things. Mm -hmm. And then his two best friends are from muggle families. And so he has all of the opportunity in the world, but he doesn't learn about it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if part of that is because his family's ostracized because of their relationship with muggles, but it comes out Oftentimes, I mean, he, he even he doesn't even call them. Oh, your aunt and uncle Harry. Mm-hmm. He just calls them the Muggles, yeah. uh, which is just such a generic, removed, dismissive way to talk about humans that you know who they are. Mm-hmm. Harry talks about them, and obviously they're very problematic. But and that's... yeah, look look at the way that 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 Uncle Vernon talks about like those friends of yours, you know, like mm-hmm. those people, you know, mm-hmm. that's exactly what that is. You're absolutely, absolutely right. It's a those people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the way he uses it. And and then as I was just looking up some things, like at one point he's like doctors. Oh, those muggle nutters who cut people up. And, and it's just, wow, like you are so ignorant about these things and you're okay with it. Well, and I mean, we see that, that his whole family is ignorant, mm-hmm. even though Arthur really likes muggles. Mm-hmm. He's pretty ignorant about about them too. So, yeah, I think I think you have that ignorance, which you could say maybe has something to do with his dad. But then you look, he also has an ignorance about the wizarding world in general. Mm-hmm. He had how many siblings go to Hogwarts before him, yet there's so much he doesn't know about Hogwarts and how it works and... Hermione, who's had nobody she's ever known or been related to go, just reads a book and now knows a lot about it. Hermione the anti-ignorant. Exactly. So, (laughs) 
And then lastly, I think the issue of house elves Mm. is what I think he shows so much ignorance about. Probably starts at the worst place of ignorance of all of the different areas that he has ignorance. But then he makes the most progress there, I think. Mm. And... So starting in book four, you I mean, you already ran across Dobby before, but he hadn't really interacted with Dobby. And then in book four, the at the Quidditch World Cup, you have Winky there. And so later, once Hermione finds out about this whole issue of house elves and she starts um, spew, mm-hmm. uh, which is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and, she, and she's talking about it and he's like, what you heard what winky said she she doesn't want to have freedom like she likes being bossed around like this is the way she likes it and hermione just calls it out of like ron you're the you're the type of lazy person that perpetuates these systems that oppress people Mm -hmm. but that was that was his perspective well i heard this one say one time that they liked this Mm -hmm. so then all house elves must feel this way and it's just it is the lazy and it is the easy perspective to have instead of actually looking at the system Mm -hmm. and and i love how jk rowling puts in other aspects joe Oh, my God. Oh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> because she'll even, she even used, like, a joke that he said where he was like, oh, we've been working like house elves. Mm. And Hermione, like, gives him a look. And he's like, oh, it's it's just an expression. And that's exactly how people act in real life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's this idea of, it's just this is how the world is Mm -hmm. and it's a comfort in that and and ron like even though he comes from a very poor family he's very privileged Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways and Mm -hmm. so yeah he doesn't have a house elf but he's wishes that he did and so it's it's not a um you know it, it kind of reminds me of the kind of the narrative around like the white working class person in america who's voting against their own interests in a lot of ways because it also brings down those who are lower than them and Mm -hmm. like it still gives them the ability to you know pull themselves up by their bootstraps or whatever it might be Mm -hmm. regardless of how untrue those things are but those ideas of this is the way it is because this is the way it is and Mm -hmm. and i think ron definitely leans into that a lot yeah and he doesn't analyze the system because he doesn't have to analyze the system and unlike Mm -hmm. Hermione he just doesn't care Mm -hmm. because she doesn't have to either she's on the beneficial receiving end of oh hey look we get food every day made by house elves for us but that upsets her whereas others are just like oh this is the way this is and they like it Mm -hmm. but that being said I think one of the things that honestly i've loved about the series since i first read it was this change that happens with him and that it's change that happens because someone he cares about really cares about it and Mm -hmm. he starts listening and paying attention to the point where it does seep into him i mean and not that hermione goes about it in all the best ways we could look at hermione um as kind of a white feminist who 
wants these certain rights or whatnot, but isn't really listening to the voice of the community, of other communities. Right, that, so she's ready to force her perspective on these people. Yeah, I mean, granted, she was like, you know, 13 or yeah, 14, exactly. so go Hermione. But, <laughs> but yeah, I think what she, her perspective really does affect Ron to the mm. point where at the Battle of Hogwarts, when they're like getting all of the younger students out and and he's the one who thinks of it and he's like, wait, we've forgotten someone, mm. the house elves. And Harry's like, what, you want us to have them fight for us? And he's like, no, like we got to like tell them to get out of here. We can't order them to fight for us that was this huge shift in perspective. And mm-hmm. I, I always loved in the book that that's the moment that she goes over and kisses him because he learned something, he grew, and he cared about something that she cares about. And he started to care about it himself, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. Yeah, yeah. It's that That is definitely, I think, one of the defining moments of Ron's character arc, mm-hmm. if not the defining moment of his character arc um, in the story. I, I think that you're absolutely right. And I've, I've always loved Ron. All right, that's not true. <laughs> I've always loved Ron for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. But as an adult, I like Ron a lot because of this idea and this journey through ignorance. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a able-bodied, straight, white, cis, male, American, you know, <laughs> middle class. Like, I have a lot of privilege, and I did have that kind of ignorance. And mm-hmm. I wish I could say that having read Harry Potter six times before I was 12 would have helped shake that from me, but it didn't really. And mm-hmm. so it took time for me to really start challenging those things. And it's, it is really valuable to see that in literature and in children's literature. And, uh, and yeah, I think that that's, that's really, really an amazing thing to have in that story. And I, and I really appreciate that. I wish I'd learned from it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I am able, able to appreciate it in that way. All right. Well, I guess, do you want to move on to our compelling questions? Yeah, let's okay. do that. You okay. or me first. Um, I guess I'll go first. So when I think about ignorance, kind of the the main idiom that comes to mind is this idea of like ignorance is bliss, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'm going to kind of work off of that and ask you, what do you think about the idea in, in Harry Potter of the, I'll, I'll say both bliss and also kind of more focused safety of ignorance. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that, you know, especially when it applies to both muggles and their you know, knowledge or not lack of knowledge about the wizarding world, but also more specifically about Harry's ignorance about everything that Dumbledore knows throughout the series. Mm -hmm. And this idea that Dumbledore kept a lot of things from him because he was too young and because he wanted to protect him in these kinds of ways and because he loved him in these kind of things. What do you think the book says about, or the book series says about ignorance as a way of protecting or helping someone? Hmm. I don't know. I... I would say that I don't think it gives a definitive answer. I think it raises the question Mm -hmm. because Snape calls Dumbledore out on it. Mm -hmm. And Dumbledore gives his answers. And it makes you have to think, if I was Harry, what would I rather? And obviously, with this story, there's a severe danger that comes with the ignorance because what if they weren't there when Snape died Hmm. what it you know obviously Dumbledore died Mm -hmm. and didn't have any time to tell Harry these things first so 
what if he never figured out how to get the the stone out of the snitch you know there's all of these things where it actually put him in more danger but it didn't work out that way mm-hmm. at the same time a 12 year old a 13 year old a 14 year old knowing that they have to die in a matter of a few years would significantly affect how they do everything Mm -hmm. how they see everything what they're willing to try what they're willing not to try whether they're even going to learn magic or not so i don't know i i think the question is left unanswered in my opinion what do you think yeah i i think that i i kind of am the same position because like i think that dumbledore to the last is supposed to remain a um a character who you look on with a positive attitude. You're not supposed to mm-hmm. look at him, even though it gets, it gets complicated mm-hmm. in the last book in particular, and Harry's view on him gets very complicated. I think that, especially with that last scene in King's Cross, we're supposed to look at, at him fondly in a way, you know, and appreciate mm-hmm. the things that he's done. And I think that you, you kind of hit it on the head because uh, the ways that Harry figures things out and he finds this information is beautiful narratively you Mm -hmm. know because it keeps us going along sometimes we can put together the the strings but sometimes we'll be have those aha moments you know like it's really really well done Mm -hmm. in those ways because a lot of times we are figuring out as harry is you know and Mm -hmm. that feels really great but then when i think back at it as like oh yeah harry died like when i think about it in a more realistic sense like it does kind of bug me Mm -hmm. and i can see why it bugs harry Mm -hmm. and so it's very very interesting to me because even you know and the 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 tone change in the books i think also can be seen this way because the first book he's 11 and Mm -hmm. the ignorance of of harry and the some of that being forced ignorance but that ignorance does lead him to a place where harry should never have been and he's an 11 year old and Mm-hmm. that book is written so like just like fun adventure movie that like you don't really take it as seriously but when yeah. i look back at that as part of this large arc i don't think that dumbledore keeping harry in the dark actually kept him safe you mm-hmm. know i think that in a lot of ways it made him be in more danger and it it kind of rubs me the wrong way sometimes when dumbledore is is kind of smug about like oh well things turned out the way i expected them to because i'm a real smart guy because it's like <laughs> yeah also because Harry got lucky and these things happened that should never have happened and you let them happen in some ways and Mm -hmm. and that I think that there's never there's not always a a reckoning of that I think that book five does a really good job of it because when Sirius dies you know Dumbledore does say like I was avoiding you this year for these reasons Mm -hmm. and that's what led to Sirius's death is that you didn't understand and I was wrong in that and like Mm -hmm. I was like yeah you were wrong in that good (laughs) good call Dumbledore I'm glad you you recognize that but then he does the same thing the next year and it's just like Dumbledore what are you doing (laughs) but I guess my only pushback would be that if we look at book three as um, a model of how Harry might react in situations where he does have information he knew that Sirius Black well he thought Mm -hmm. had tried to let him and his parents die Mm -hmm. right Voldemort came to kill them because Sirius betrayed them and people thought that Sirius was trying to get out and finish finish the job 
he knew that information, yet he still did such risky things, which later, once Lupin finds out about it, calls him out on it. Mm. But in this situation, he did have the information, and it didn't change anything. It should have, but it didn't. That's true, and and you are absolutely right. Harry is way too much of a risk taker. He gets himself in a lot more spots than he needs to do. But I just think that, for example, in book one, all he would have had to say is, I have a foolproof final stage that means that whoever gets into this, gets to the mirror of Erised, will not be able to pick it up if they have selfish desires. That's all he had to say, you know, and if Harry trusted that, or if he explained it to Harry, then... Harry wouldn't have had to go down there. I don't know. I I just think that, yes, Harry would still get into trouble because that's Harry and also because we need books to be exciting. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I just, I feel some frustration with, with the ways that, yeah, he, he protects Harry by not telling him things um, because I don't always feel like that is protective. No, I agree. And I think just as it translates to life, that happens a lot too. Mm even oh you're in a relationship but then someone else comes along and you're kind of interested in them and it's like oh well I don't want to tell my significant other because then they're gonna feel insecure or this or that and so it's kind of like oh I'm predicting them and I'll just deal with this on my own what is that the best thing to do is that what they would want you Mm. to do I think it is it comes up all the time with with things where we're making decisions for other people like you can always ask hey i have some information or i have something do you want to know it Mm -hmm. you're probably not gonna like it (laughs) and let somebody make their own choice yeah yeah but i think in general telling 11 year old harry oh yeah you're a horcrux you have part of voldemort's severed soul in you from when he tried to kill you and you're gonna have to die at some point that might be a little much for an 11 year old agree i think that controlled information is important because harry does have a knack for finding out information anyway in uncontrolled ways Mm -hmm. and then reacting badly to that Mm -hmm. um like he did with sirius so yeah Okay, well, my question is kind of along the same lines of information that Harry doesn't have. And Mm. then he has to react to once he has the information. How do you think Harry might have been different if he had started out not ignorant about how his father was a total jerk um, when he was younger? Hmm. I wonder. The first thing that comes to mind is his relationship with Snape. Mm-hmm. Because so much of his hatred, I think, comes from this idea of, oh, you hate my father, you know, unjustly. Mm-hmm. But then on the other hand, hate do- or Snape does treat Harry unjustly mm-hmm. because of the hate that he has, whether that hate is just or not. So I don't know if that would change much because he would still be reacting to Snape being terrible to him. But I, I do think that it's very, it's a really interesting scene seeing how harry reacts to the memory of his father bullying snape i think that i'm really glad that's in the books because i think it does complicate things really interestingly and it also like puts a definitive thing of like doing bad things to people who you don't like is still bad and uh and i think it 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 mirrors really well with him slashing draco Mm -hmm. in that same book 
because he does feel that remorse immediately. Mm-hmm. And I think that that shows that he's a better person than his father was mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. How it might change him. I don't know. I wonder if Harry's compassion is so integral to him that he wouldn't use that as license to be less compassionate. If he knew that before he knew Ron and Hermione, for example, would he use it as a reason to be more of a jerk? Um, Because he's like, my father was, and I am like my father in these kinds of ways. Because he may not have had the maturity. But at the same time, he also, in some ways, felt bad about Hermione. Not enough to do anything until her life was literally in danger, Mm -hmm. but still. So, yeah, I don't know. What are are your thoughts? I think along some of the same lines, I think... In some ways, it could have helped possibly with his relationship with Snape. Obviously, Snape is the one really at fault because he's the adult Mm -hmm. and the teacher. Mm -hmm. But Harry had such an intense desire to defend Mm -hmm. his father, even when he knew nothing about him. And because his parents had died protecting him, they were automatically heroes mm-hmm. to Harry. And then once that's taken away, it was hard for him. Mm. And I think, I wonder if part of that even has a role to play when he starts questioning so much about Dumbledore and his intentions and if he lied to him and all of these different things, which if he had questioned him to a certain degree maybe would lead him to never even try to figure out anything about the snitch. Hmm. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I just wondered about it. Very compelling. (laughs) Well, I guess we should move on to our last segment. Or no, our second to last segment, which is our missed opportunities of the story. Mm -hmm. So why don't you start on this one? What's What's a missed opportunity you see? So the main one for me, is the Slytherin house. Yes, there are little ways in in which it's like, oh, well, not everyone in the Slytherin house is the worst. Some were the worst, and they changed to not be the worst, even though they're still not good. And really, with that, you only have Snape and Regulus and then maybe you could kind of say Draco slash his mom at least they had some other priorities Mm -hmm. but still it was you were evil and now you're making other choices which is still important and then you have Slughorn who he never was evil he was never on that side but he's still problematic Mm -hmm. and sure most characters have problematic aspects but there's still this prejudice against Slytherins from as it seems every house Mm -hmm. and the wider wizarding world because these are the type of narratives is like oh there was never a witch or wizard who went bad who wasn't in Slytherin like that idea which is just Um, patently untrue oh of course but yeah and so I feel like I think the whole the series as a whole really missed an opportunity to provide much more nuance and to show positive attributes of the Slytherin house rather than just negative and and I think one of the ways that it really should have been done is that other people should have been in Slytherin house that weren't 
Percy definitely should have been in Slytherin House. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Dumbledore should have been in Slytherin House when mm-hmm. he was young. He was super ambitious. And yeah, there's several characters that you could put in that house. And maybe even the Weasleys, like the Weasley twins. I mean, Gryffindor works for them too, mm-hmm. but they're pretty ambitious. So yeah, I think it was really a missed opportunity in a way that, yeah, makes it be very black and white. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. The idea that the entirety of Slytherin House had to go to the dungeons during the Battle of Hogwarts, that not a single one of them would have been compassionate about the rest of the school possibly being murdered, like, it just, it's, I think it's absurd. Yeah. And and I, I, I let go some of the earlier books-like ways of being, because mm-hmm. at that point it wasn't fleshed out, it was just Gryffindor good guys, Slytherin bad guys, sorry, mm-hmm. Gryffindor protagonists. So they're antagonists to use ungendered language, but yeah, that late in the in the game, it's definitely a missed opportunity. I'm sure that comes in no way from your house being <laughs> Slytherin. I mean, I say I'm a Slytherclaw because it, I don't know. I think now I'm much more Ravenclaw. I think when I was younger, I would have been s- sorted into Slytherin. But yeah, I think even among Harry Potter fans, there is, like, stereotypes about Slytherins, you know? (laughs) And so, yeah, I think I would appreciate more nuance. Mm. (laughs) Because it's when you make blanket statements about a bunch of people or when a bunch of people are all painted the same way Mm -hmm. that ignorance can continue to keep happening absolutely uh, or one of the ways yeah yeah nice what's your missed opportunity my missed opportunity is i think that there should have been some sort of use of muggle culture in the last battle Mm. i think that having the battle be entirely wizard on wizard loses the aspect of both voldemort and young dumbledore's problems with you know magic over muggles and this superiority and that Mm -hmm. ignorance that comes with it you know that we've talked about a lot i think i don't know exactly how that might have looked but i think that Mm -hmm. having some sort of interaction with the muggle world in that battle would be i think really beneficial to the story you know and and, Mm -hmm. and i think the muggle world is probably the best example of it but it could be all sorts of other things you know it could be house elves it could be well they did have the house elves so they did have the house elves, but... Creature led the charge. Right. Which, like, was great, but I, I don't feel like it was fleshed out enough. Like, just having them be participants, yeah. like... Because they are fighting a more oppressive regime mm-hmm. to stay within the repressive regime that they're in. I don't feel like that's really actually breaking through in ignorance. It's just kind of giving them a bit more agency, which is great. But mm-hmm. I just... I wish I'd seen... I think that it would have been stronger thematically to if if you're if you're talking about Dumbledore's quote here and how mm-hmm. Voldemort doesn't, you know, care about these things, the only thing that really defeats him in the end is his not caring about fairy tales. It's not his ignorance about well, and house elves cuz that contributed with the locket. That's true, but I I just feel like I don't know. I feel like especially because like like creature helped there but it wasn't creatures doing it Mm -hmm. was he was following orders still and well but also i mean you have voldemort at the beginning when 
when he first was defeated was because of his ignorance of love, right? Mm-hmm. So, you, so you have it coming up, but I totally agree that in the last battle, if they, yeah, if they had had some, I don't know, muggles participate or, yeah, something of, not that I'm big on weapons, but like, mm-hmm. they could use some muggle weapons or, you know, something where it's, we're learning from other people. Exactly. If in Avatar The Lost Airbender, there's always non-benders as part of the party who are, like, actually helping with things. Mm-hmm. Like, you can do that in Harry Potter, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's that's I think, the missed opportunity I see from, from ignorance in Harry Potter. I think that, that they have a really, lot of really interesting engagement with this theme, but I don't think they stick the landing super well. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to ignorance of people and and the ways that ignorance of people can create these oppressive regimes, you know, I think that Ron mm-hmm. is the best way of of seeing that through the book series, mm-hmm. and I like the way that he ends it. But I just think that uh, that when it comes to the full plot and the story and the narrative, there isn't as much weight there to the people who are being ignored and oppressed. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing; it, it can't just be things that people learn but it has to be actions that they take as well absolutely yeah okay well i guess uh i guess let's go on to our our lessons learned our takeaways from from this conversation yeah i would say um, for me i think yeah that aspect of ignorance that i hadn't really thought about as much before i definitely had been like oh Wizards were so ignorant of muggles. Mm-hmm. This doesn't make sense because there are so many muggles. But seeing it as this power imbalance, that they have the power to keep others ignorant and they use it where muggles don't have that power mm-hmm. and they have no choice in the matter, even when it's to you know their peril with Voldemort. Like, he would have just slaughtered so many if he was if he had the chance to so i think that's something that yeah i wish was fleshed out a little more in the series yeah yeah i i think that for me my takeaway is is that jk rowling did actually a really great job of handling this in really nuanced ways you know you mentioned you know, some of the dialogue that, that Ron has, you know, like him calling the Dursleys the muggles and things like that, which I think like every time I read it, I've never really stopped to think like, what does that mean? You know, like I get the feeling of obviously he's being derisive, you know, Mm -hmm. but I was just like, he's doing that because they're terrible, but it's like, yeah, but he's also doing it in part because they're just the muggles, you know, Mm -hmm. like he doesn't need to know any more about, about muggles in general. He doesn't have any other muggles to talk about because he's so cut off from that world and and i think that that's that's really powerful you know even the other quote that you mentioned where he's talking about how doctors are nutters who like cut people open you Mm -hmm. know that is such a dismissive way of looking at things and it does come with this really really problematic way of looking at like if you think that they're nutters as you say as they're trying to help each other and you think that that's so ridiculous that you dismissive them in that in that way Mm-hmm. What are you doing to make it so that they don't have to rely on these things that you clearly think are ridiculous? Like, wizards as a whole, not just Ron, but the wizards mm-hmm. as a whole, aren't doing anything. Even Mr. Weasley, you know, Arthur will 
talk about like, oh, it's so amazing how ingenious the things that they do to <laughs> to get around magic. And it's like, you know, he, he almost fetishizes it in a way that is very dismissive and, and not helpful because it's not saying, imagine the good that we could do to help them. It's being like, oh, they're in this terrible state, but look what they've done with it. Mm-hmm. And that's just, it's just yucky. It is yucky, but obviously wizards with having more power would have to walk a very fine line mm-hmm. of being like, here, we can come in and colonize you and, you know, give you all of this stuff because the way you do things is so backwards. Totally. For the greater um, good. Like, that's yeah. that's totally what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Geek Between the Lines. You can find us on social media by searching for Geek Between the Lines on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Pinterest. You can also go to our website, bit.ly slash geekbetweenthelines, or go to our Patreon site at patreon.com slash geekbetweenthelines. And we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review, if you subscribe to us, if you tell a friend about us. Uh, All the other podcasts I listen to keep talking about how word of mouth is really important, so, like, use your mouth to make words for us. About us. About us. For your friends, really. That's true, it's right? It's a gift for them. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure that you tune in and you subscribe so that you can listen to us next week when we are going to cover leadership in Lord of the Rings. Ooh. Ah. And that'll be the last one that we have the set topic and property. Mm. And then we'll go into a randomized one. Exactly. Where who Anything knows what will happen. Yeah. It'll be great. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks again, and we'll see you next week. Geek Geek out. out.